Welcome, welcome everyone to the Simon Dan podcast, the place where science and conspiracy collide. This is episode nine. I've, I was listening back the other day and I, I seem to be uh, incredulous, incredulous about how many episodes we're in. I keep saying, I can't believe it's episode seven, episode, but we're on episode nine. Um, so joining me once again is the man who sews up the holes in his socks to extend their life. It's Kat. How are you doing, buddy? I'm doing very well, thank you. How are you? Yeah, I'm good. Um, so I've got some bad news, mate. Um, I did have the jingle. I've got your jingle, mm-hmm. but um, for some reason I couldn't access it. So uh, you have to wait another week. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I, what, what can I say? I'm holding back the tears. I was I, really looking forward to that as well. You've, I feel let down, mate. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm so sorry. That I promise you next week it'll be there. Um, okay. Anyway, I was watching the FA Cup draw earlier. Um, and what? who did Blackburn get? Blackburn, I don't think Blackburn will be in the uh, oh, next round. Oh, yeah, I knew that. Uh, <laughs> I knew that. Sorry, mate. Sorry. I'm concentrating on promotion. I couldn't I couldn't help myself. I couldn't help myself. I'm so <laughs> sorry. I'll keep having a digging at that. Anyway, uh, let's crack on. We've got a brilliant guest today. Um, so our guest today is the director of possibly the best documentary any of you have ever seen, Behind the Curve, about the Flat Earthers. Welcome, Daniel J. Clark. Thank you for joining us. How are you doing? Hi, great to be here. I'm doing really well. Good. Considering. Consider, yeah, of course. Yes. Um, behind the curve. It was a brilliant. I, I was thinking earlier that it's possibly a bit of a watershed moment for, for Flat Earth. Do you, would you agree with that, Katz? It kind of was a it was a bit of a turning point, wasn't it? Oh, it, it absolutely was, you know, but but just as a documentary, it was it was fantastic. You know, just a piece of TV for people yeah. that aren't even into that. It was brilliant. Loved absolutely. It. Absolutely. But before we get into that, um, are you working on anything else now? Have you got anything coming up? Uh, yeah, we have. Uh, I don't know about coming up, but we're con- we're currently filming some some projects. And uh, the biggest one that I think is really funny, considering behind the curve, is um, we're following the astronomers and astrophysicists trying to find the ninth planet in the solar system. Ah, okay. So we've been we were tailing them for a while, and then COVID hit, so we've kind of pulled sure. back. But yeah, but okay. we're still pursuing it, and it's going to be a little while. So wow, we got that, some time. that's interesting. We'll we'll delve into that a bit uh, a bit later. Um, so. Let's let's go right back to the start. Where did the idea for Behind the Curve come from originally? Well, uh, so the other producer, Nick Andert, and I were all, we were we worked together for years on other projects, and I would shoot, and then we'd edit together, and someone else would be like the director, and we decided we really wanted to do our own thing, and came up with a few ideas that all went nowhere, and then one day Nick said we should do a documentary about flat earthers, and immediately I was like, oh, I don't know about that. But uh, looked it up and watched about two to three YouTube videos, and I was like, "Well, yes, we have to make this movie. How to what? Yes, let's do it." <laughs> and then we saw that they had their conference coming up in November, and this was in I think April of that year of 2017. And we said, "All right, let's let's do it. Let's find like the key players at the conference, and let's see who the who like the main YouTube-based flat earthers are, like kind of like higher up, yeah, whatever people people that flat earthers trust." Let's talk to them. Let's let's cast a wide net and see what we can get. And first person we reached out to was Mark. Yeah. Who has his phone or I don't know if he still does, but he had his phone number publicly available, so we just gave him a call and Yeah, I think he, he still responded. Does. So. Yeah. Uh, so, so you so. said you, you mentioned so two to three videos. That's all all it took for you to be like, yeah. Well, yeah, cuz it was <laughs> cuz at first I went to um the Flat Earth Society website and ah, that one yes. was annoying yeah. cuz I was like eh, this thing's stupid. Uh, cause it's just uh, like, I don't know what's going on there, but all, f- all the flat earthers will tell you that's a 
yeah, troll site anyway, and that's what it felt like. Yeah. But then I started watching like the other videos, and I think I came across Mark and probably some Dubai stuff, and I was like, all right, well, there's something here that we really need to explore. Yeah, definitely. And how how did they um, how did they react to that? So like when you called Mark, for example, how did he react to the idea of it? Mark was very open. He said, if you're willing to come up here, I'll talk to you on yeah. camera. So what that a- was, Mark's, you know, a generally nice guy. Yeah. Uh, and so we, I went up there, we had pizza and root beer and talked for about an hour. And then I was like, I'm going to go to my car and get a camera and then we're going to walk around. Nice. Because <laughs> he lives on this beautiful little island off the coast of Seattle. And it's really okay. cool. I do get that from so him. So it was that, good for me. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure. Yeah, I, I do get that from him that he's pretty likable. Uh, a yeah. lot of the a lot of the flat earthers on YouTube um, are uh, they're not they don't seem to be as nice as him, do they? Cats they seem to be a bit more vitriolic and no, he he's he's very amenable, isn't he? And um, yeah. he, he seems very approachable, doesn't he? And he doesn't have that sinister combative combative if that's a word side to him, does he? No, he doesn't. No. Um, so and- did did the uh, did the other YouTubers all stem from Mark, or did you contact them separately? We, I think we contacted them kind of at the same time or maybe a little later, but Mark vouched for us because we had sure. met him first and yeah. he was like, these guys are good. They're not flat earthers. They don't claim that they're doing that. They're not trying to debunk. They're just kind of get a sense of the community and that's that's what we were doing. So yeah, I think it was pretty easy from there. And then you know, it's pers- there were definitely some people that I talked to or contacted and I was like, I don't want to talk to that person because it just feels like like you said like combative and just kind of like i put me uh, uh, a bit on edge just thinking about talking to them and i won't name names but yeah nobody in the movie um just certain people were like maybe we should stay away yeah well that i could think There's of something five off the top of my yeah. head like that <laughs> i don't yeah. know about you cats um so uh, the, one of the things that i i really liked about uh about the the flat earthers in the movie it was this story between Mark and Patricia because we didn't really us debunkers didn't really know of that sort of a relationship that they had. But I mean, there was clearly something there between them, um, and it was really interesting that you highlighted whether you meant to or not. You highlighted that relationship between the two of them. Yeah, I mean, there we were surprised to find out that there was like more than just a friendly relationship there, yeah. like some bit of romance or whatever you want to call it. Um, so we were like, well, every movie needs a love story. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so let's just pursue it and kind of see, you know, as, as much as they're comfortable talking about it. And they were both very open about it, which was kind sure. of surprising. Yeah. Um, I'm, I've chat, I've chatted a bit with Patricia on, uh, through, um, Instagram and she seems really nice as well. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, Patricia is, uh, was extremely nice to me. Yeah. Uh, and I, and I do like, you know, after the movie came out, we showed pretty much everybody in the movie. Like Bob came to the festival in Denver. Patricia saw it in Toronto with Mark. And generally they all responded very positively to it until I would say it came out on Netflix and the reaction started happening. Yeah. And that's when people who were in the movie started regretting it. Like Jaron was, you know, when it, when the clip of Jaron went on Reddit, yeah, uh, that was a big moment. Also, kind of spoils the ending, but whatever. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and 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 a lot of people started getting really mad at them because you know what they had done was now being used against them, and and so the reaction came then, and and I started feeling kind of bad 
in a way because like a lot of these people like especially patricia she started getting attacked brutally yeah. and that, that's not what we wanted and it's not what we were trying to do um so i feel bad that that happened but at the same time you know uh that's we, we can only do so much as sure. a documentary yeah. team yeah i mean I, w uh, I wouldn't feel too bad on the patricia front because i think she was getting attacked before that anyway from a lot within flat earth i think yeah mm -hmm. um certainly but I, what I didn't understand was because I watched it before it came out on Netflix and it was the same documentary before it came out on Netflix and, and, mm -hmm. but they were, they were happy with it before, but not afterwards. Is that, is that purely because of the reaction from other flat earthers or just from general public? I think, I think it makes it both. I think, yeah. uh, the Netflix, you know, it was available on like Amazon and iTunes and all those other sites, yeah. but once it came on Netflix, I think it became just way more available and people, it was, if you already had Netflix, it was free to stream. So whatever people were watching it more and started talking about it more. And I think once the conversation got larger and it kind of fell into like a more mainstream audience, then people would like link to it in response to flat earth videos and say like, Oh, well you guys proved yourselves wrong here. And that clip on Reddit, like I mentioned, like that yeah. was pretty big and people using that as a reaction to like Bob or Jaron. And I think that started souring yeah. the relationship a bit and just became, uh, yeah, different than when it was just available for rent or yeah, purchase. Or absolutely. Whatever. Um, I mean, Katz, you, you highlighted a, a bit, didn't you? A bit of a, a scuffle after it came out with Bob and Nathan Oakley. Do you know about, do you know who Nathan Oakley is, Daniel? Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. So I think you, you highlight quite a lot, didn't you? I think you called it the two biggest. Oh, it was. It was incredible. Yeah, absolutely incredible. I mean, uh, Bob was obviously defending his, uh, what he did, you know, with the fiber optic gyroscope and, and how he was trying to conduct proper scientific experiments. And Nathan Oakley, he, I mean, he just went at him like an absolute animal, didn't he? It yeah. was, it was horrendous. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely horrendous. It wasn't pleasant but, uh, at all, was it? It's uh, shocking. Did you get any of that backlash yourself or did, did you just see it in from the flat earthers to other flat earthers? I think a few people reached out to me and just, you know, cursed me out on Instagram or whatever. But uh, generally speaking, no cat, it's okay. <laughs> Sorry, my cat's trying to jump up on me. Um, I know that. I know generally that speaking, feeling. they were, uh, they, they didn't really talk to me. The only reaction I really had was the Los Angeles film premiere. We were at the LA Film Festival and afterwards, um, one of the guys came up to me and, and he was pretty intoxicated and, and was very uh threatening yeah and threatened violence on me and i just got myself out of the situation as quickly as possible and everybody in the flat earth community came with us like hey that was not cool yeah like sorry that happened to you so that was that was like a rare thing to happen but i wow. think verbally okay. people yeah. people don't really like me i'm sure they wouldn't want to talk to me if i was around and was that from some of the people in the in the documentary that that uh, it was it was a guy who was in it, but he wasn't um, featured a very okay. heavily. Yeah. Like he's, okay. he appears in the footage. So. Yeah. Okay. Because um, there was quite a lot. I mean, the conference they all go to the conference, don't they? And there was obviously yeah. I, I I noticed I don't know thirty or forty, I would say maybe from from mm -hmm. the time I've been doing things on YouTube. Um, I mean, I I personally have I I've milked the Bob thing for possibly all it's worth now. Um, and <laughs> seriously, I, I need to thank you for that because I have made a meme out of it. And every time, you know, 
one in 20 or 30 comments, someone will say about 15 degrees per hour. There's people called Bob Nerdell 15 degrees per hour on YouTube that, that, you know, it's just, it's completely blown up. And so I just wanted to give you a, a thank you for that because I really milked it for all it's worth. Um, I think I, I, it's, we talked about this, didn't we, with, with, um, with Jim Al-Khalili, how Bob could potentially be um, quite, quite good at science if he didn't have these, these opinions before doing any sort of experimentation. He's got a lot of get up and go, isn't he? And practical skills yes. for building equipment, using equipment. You know, he's, he's probably quite handy on the old engineering side. And like I said, if he didn't have the foregone conclusion yeah. that the results are either proved flat earth or or we will make them prove flat earth, you know, he'd be quite talented, wouldn't he? Yeah, he absolutely would. Yeah. Bob, Bob came across me as very smart, very technically yes. minded. He speaks uh, well. I think, you know, and that, that was a big question for us because we were, we were talking to him and, and, you know, we'd reflect on it and be like, it's just interesting, like that there's just a hurdle that he's not able to get over, with, yeah. which is gravity, like the concept of gravity yeah. just wasn't working. And it was interesting to, to see like someone so smart and so, so with it, like he's not crazy or anything. He's just, no, no. he believes in this thing. And um, he's, yeah, he just had like, it, it seemed like a lot of flat earthers, like gravity tended to be the biggest hurdle. Yeah. Just the the idea of this of this force that we can't quite understand why it exists, but we just know it exists. Uh, that was that was a tough hurdle, and it continues to be. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, we see it all the time. Um, the filming must have been a lot of fun to do. Um, how much did you? How much stuff was left out? Is there any good stories you could t you could tell us about anything that was left out? Yeah, we tried to make some deleted scenes, like for like the DVD and whatever. Yeah. Um, like whatever and i think we have some on youtube as well just because like there were a lot of things that were like this is interesting but it doesn't make sense in the movie because it's you know a side story um there you know there was this meetup in houston that i went with patricia to that she hosted and uh it was just really interesting to hear everybody's how they got into flat earth and um you know some guy was saying like he grew up in a nasa family okay. and at some point he just suggested to his friend like something about powdered shampoo or something like that and they didn't get back to him and that was his proof that nasa didn't need it because they weren't really in space and and all that stuff and uh that was definitely something filming it was to call it a lot of fun would be kind of an overstatement i know I because <laughs> it was really stressful yeah i can um, imagine yeah. because you know i would go into the shoots prepared like i, I definitely always knew kind of what because i had seen so many flat earth videos at this point i knew what a lot of the responses were gonna be and i kind of had an idea of, of how people were feeling but i you know to get that on camera you need to ask them in the moment yeah and so i would try not to react a lot and then people would say things that would surprise me and and i didn't want to make them feel weird about it i wanted to make them feel as comfortable as possible so i didn't internalize a lot of that and then I'd be driving back from the shoot and just, I'd have to call my producers and just vent for a while and just be like, they said this, can, what's happening? <laughs> like um, one example is like when Patricia said that, like she, in the movie, she says, uh, if there was an event like the Boston bombing, I wouldn't believe it happened unless I myself got injured. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. And it yeah. was just like a really hard thing to process. Like, yeah. Cause it's just like, you know, on one hand, and I've said this before, but, but on one hand, it's it shows a lot of faith in the world that things can't really be this bad, 
and there has to be some force controlling all the bad things. Yeah. Uh, but on the other hand, it's really pessimistic because there's some force controlling the bad things. But on one hand, you're saying like, people can't do this. Like this isn't the natural way. Like there's not really chaos in the world. It's controlled by something. So it'd be nice if that were somehow true, that people were really good all around and yeah. groups of people didn't do crazy, terrible things. Sure. Uh, randomly. It's, it's difficult because uh, we, I mean, we've talked about this a bit, but flat earth in itself is fairly harmless, but it does lead to those different sort of opinions and views, doesn't it? Like that. Yeah, you're, you're seeing it exactly, now. Exactly, <laughs> exactly, yeah. And as uh, the space shuttle is another example as well about the astronauts that died. Um, I'm mm -hmm. sure it's terribly difficult for the families of, the, of those astronauts to have to continually listen to these theories that they're not really dead and, and things like this. It's, it's, it's really, it's, it's not pleasant at all. Um, any plans for going back or are they, are they, have they washed their hands with you? The flat earthers? Uh, <laughs> you know, I think we've kept in touch a little bit with Mark just re every now and then he'll send us an article or some mention something that he thinks we'd be interested in. Yeah. Uh, there's no real follow up to sure, the yeah. movie. We don't you, think you finished um, it nicely. Are we are, <laughs> we are working on a spiritual successor, um, like a series based off of the idea of kind of beliefs that are out of the norm but yeah it's not flat earth centric okay um it's not it's not so much conspiracy centric either it's just kind of you know why people do what they do yeah more than that because we're, we're i am extremely interested in the psychology of it all i mean in, in the movie you'll see it's like tons of like yeah psychological analyses um so that's that's where i really want to focus and then we got the planet stuff going on. So we have science and astronomy still there. And then we have another thing that's more psychology. Yeah. That sounds interesting. So. I, I, one of the things I said at the beginning is I'd love to get a psychologist on uh, just to, just to pick their brains about, you know, why they mm. think these things and stuff like that. Um, I was going to say, it was a bit of a joke, but I was going to say a great part to get me and cats to t turn up at one of their conferences and just watch the fireworks go off. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> and that's interesting that uh you've you've become a villain for them yeah um did, did they just did they talk much about people like us me and cats uh i think at the time we were filming it was there weren't a lot of people doing no. what you were doing no, there wasn't um and so i think because the pipe like it was growing somehow and the conference release got a lot of in people interested in it yeah. and people who were debunking it, yeah. but they would talk about debunkers and I think they kind of just dismissed them as, uh, funnily enough, they would dismiss debunkers as just people on YouTube, <laughs> uh, which is <laughs> exactly what they were. Yeah. So, uh, there's some, there's something interesting to it. And also it's easy to, to dismiss someone that we don't have to deal with yeah. what they're saying. And, you know, I would mm. rarely challenge anyone on their beliefs, but occasionally like <laughs> I was getting really fed up because I know a lot about lighting because film, you need to know a lot sure, about lighting. Yeah. And someone was, was talking about the eclipse, how like you can't have a shadow that's smaller than the object. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, well, yeah, you can. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, um, and I, and then I've kind of stopped myself halfway through the conversation. I was like, you know what? Sorry. I'm just going to go over here and do yeah. something else. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting to, to the desire to debunk, uh, and then like the reaction from that. And I don't really have a conclusion <laughs> in that statement. I just, I just think it's really interesting how the people trying to have a conversation or kind of like a debate about debate, you know, we don't yeah. like that word, but a debate about the, the things that they're claiming um, is more met with 
uh, anger or dismissive yeah. actions than, than any kind yeah, of actual intense conversation. And, and, you know, I've seen Mark on stage, like talking with a scientist and I've seen him in a, in a few interviews talking with people about, you know, they're like, well, what about this? And Mark will say like, you know, of course they're going to say that. Of course yeah. the astronauts didn't really do it. Have you been there yourself? There's yeah. no way you know, unless you've been there yourself. So like, you know, we all know that having, having a conversation is a bit yeah. un- difficult, helpful. Yeah. 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 I think, the, I think I uh, wish there was something that you could say that would just, I know. Yeah. I know but that's the that's the, the golden goose for us that's what we're, I mean when I first started the absolute best I could have hoped for was being a slight pain in the bum for them that was my like main goal I don't know about you cats but it was just like be not anno- be annoying yeah. just t- tell them they're wrong you know express the same rights that they express and just see where we go and um it's not done too bad so it turned out all right didn't it yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, so how much experience did you have with conspiracies in general before you made the film? Um, there were a few people close to me in my life who were like nine 11 truthers. Okay. Um, and that's, you know, and, and Caroline, the other producer on the movie, she also had made a short documentary about Sandy hook deniers. Okay. Yeah. And, um, I'm not sure how familiar you are with Sandy hook, but a bit terrible. Yeah. 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 And there are people who still, you know, hound these families to this day and say sure, like, yeah. your kid didn't die, which is just absolutely awful, awful and, awful, and yeah. disrespectful. Um, so there was a, there was a bit of uh, experience with conspiracies, but, and this one we, we decided to go after because we thought it was more f- fun. Yeah. Like, because in, the, in that sense, that. it's like a, yeah. a harmless conspiracy. Yeah. Like it doesn't have to, an, an intrinsically sad basis. Yeah. Um, so we, uh, we thought we could use it as a lens to other conspiracies, kind of apply this across the board. Yeah, but it worked. Um, it definitely worked on that front, I'd say. Um, like yeah. I, I remember, because I sometimes check the Google Trends, um, and when Behind the Curve hit Netflix, there's like a massive surge in flat earth search oh topics. Yeah, so yeah, thanks for that. <laughs> so yeah, um, but I think the first, the first surge was, um, I think it was Dubai, is 200 proofs and all that when mm. that sort of kind of hit the the youtube content there was a big surge and mm. then it kind of went down and then behind the curve came out as a big surge and now we were talking a couple of weeks ago weren't we it's possibly its lowest it's been for about four or five years um which isn't which is encouraging isn't it <laughs> yeah i think, th- so. I think well I, th- I think a guest uh earlier in your podcast and i, don't, I forget who ex- exactly it was was mentioning uh how now a lot of those people have gone to like QAnon and they've kind of like yeah. stepped up yeah. to a different, more harmful, I would say, conspiracy. Yeah. And, you know, Mark is a good example of a person and he says this in the movie and he says this to anyone who will listen, like he's a conspiracy guy. He loves conspiracies. Yeah. So the more the merrier. And I think a lot of people in the community are like that where they're like, all right, flat oh, earth, yeah, it's true, but we're not worried about it because right now we're going to focus on QAnon and you know we just had one of the darkest days in american sure yeah. history just happened uh because of a conspiracy theory and because of an online community and uh mm. yeah stinks <laughs> yeah absolutely um so i was i was doing a bit of, of research the other day uh and it said in a recent survey that only 32 percent of americans 
think that all conspiracy theories are nonsense. So flip that round, 68% think possibly believe in at least one conspiracy theory. Is that quite worrying? I mean, I guess it is, isn't it? Uh, Depending on what that theory is, I, would I guess. Say, yeah, I would say yeah. it really, really depends because it also depends how deeply because like, yeah, I, I watched a movie recently. Uh, someone asked me to see a cut of the movie. It was about Bigfoot, like Sasquatch. And, and I was like, you know, it is what it is. But some people are, you know, really claiming that it happened. And I was like, I don't know. I can't deny that. I won't say that's conspiracy, but that is definitely like something I can't prove and I have no reason to believe it. But I'm just like, yeah, why not? Um, so I don't think I'm immune to conspiracy thinking. And I think there are conspiracies out there. <laughs> They're just yeah. not as cool when they get uncovered. Absolutely. Um, yeah. But yeah, to, to conspiratorial thinking is, I think, on itself like a, a style of thinking. And so if people get really into it, they're just willing to dive into anything. That's yeah. one thing. But if someone's just like, you know, they discovered, I don't even know. Well, we, we say that all like the UFOs, time. UFOs. Yeah, you know, we say it all the time. Thing. Like they're, they're, they're kind of yeah. predisposed to believe in conspiracies, aren't they? That, that's their way of thinking. And uh, it was like, I'd imagine that most flat earthers probably doubted the moon landing before they knew about flat earth. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of like the perfect thing for them. To, to jump onto, I'd imagine, Flat Earth. Um, yeah. Just because and of it's that. it's very easy. Like, oh, why did they fake the moon landing? Because like, it all fits together. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Because I had a really good chat with a, a guy called Michael Butter last week um, about, uh, there was three things about conspiracies that kind of happen all the time, and you can link it to any conspiracy. It's something like, it's all connected, nothing happens for a reason. And I can't remember the third one, but it was like, you can literally link it to any conspiracy theory. And the, and the flat earth one with it's all connected works perfectly because it, they genuinely think that everything is connected. NASA, flat earth, all the mainstream science, everything. It's, it's like a big connection with everywhere going. It was, it was actually quite interesting chat, but, mm. um, so tell us about this, this new one then the ninth planet, what's going on there? Is it, is it genuine, genuine astronomers that you're talking to? Uh, yes, it yeah. is very, so. Uh, Mike Brown, if you if you know the name from uh, he his Twitter handle is Pluto Killer. Right, he is he's one of the main people responsible for demoting Pluto. Yeah, um, he has uh, he and his colleagues and a, a lot of other people across the country in different colleges and, and research facilities have all speculated that there could be a ninth planet, basically twice as far as Pluto. Right. Um, and about five times more massive than the Earth. So it's not huge, it's not Jupiter, but it's it's big and it's far. Okay. Um, because And the, this happens because there are a lot of objects past Neptune yeah. um, that we can see their pattern and they're all being kicked up by some sort of gravitational force. Um, and all of their models suggest that this could be because of a massive object far out. And so... That's that's their theory, and it's been proven, and it's very they, they they've done a lot of research to to prove themselves. But the thing is, you can't say there's a planet unless you see it. Of course, yeah. So mm. all the math is seems to be working. They're still researching, and they're still finding more objects that can give them more data that can point to where it could be right now because they don't know where it would yeah. be on its orbit. Um, so there we've uh, accompanied a few different astronomers. Uh, to t- telescopes in Chile and Hawaii, and 
they've surveyed the sky looking for these images. But the thing is, it could be could be a planet of ice, yeah. and it could be really reflective and really bright. But so far, it doesn't seem to be the case because no. we wouldn't have seen that by now. And it's so far out that if it's made of something like coal or like a dark dust and not reflective at all, you're really only going to see it if it passes in front of another star. Yeah. And uh, so you got to get real lucky with that one. I was just going to say, uh, it must be incredibly <clears throat> difficult. You say five times further than Pluto. Is that what you... Um, twice as far as twice Pluto, as far, five times more as, massive okay, cool. than Twice Earth. as far as, as Pluto. So, I mean, uh, I've done a bit of... There's like a website where you can go and try and find exoplanets. And the, the only way to kind of spot them is to see the dimming in the star, like you say, as the planet mm-hmm. passes in front. Obviously, yeah. there's the parent star for this planet is the sun. So it'd be very difficult to do that. And if you've got a planet mm-hmm. that's, I mean, twice as far as Pluto and only five times more massive than Earth, that's going to be like the proverbial needle in a haystack, isn't it? Yeah. Luckily, you can kind of look on the ecliptic so you have a general sense of where it could be. Sure, yeah. Um, <laughs> and um, the the other thing that the thing that's hopeful is in a few years, a, a new telescope's going to open up. The James, um, James Webb? Is that? Uh, the Rubin Telescope. The oh, okay. Rubin Telescope yeah. in Chile. Okay. And it's going to basically do a, a constant survey over like a, I don't know how many days, but a certain amount of days it'll basically survey the entire sky and then go back and do it again and just constantly be giving data. It's going to be too much data for anyone to handle, Okay. but we'll find so many distant objects that can lead us further towards a conclusion, whether it exists or not. We can also maybe have a chance of seeing it passing in front of something else. Yeah. So we're waiting. Um, the cool thing is, you know, if you find it, you name it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, yeah, I was going to say, be approved, as but... long as you don't name it Nubru, that's fine. <laughs> that's that's um, one, that's the one of the crazy the crazy ones that people believe in the Nubru one. I don't even know that one. You don't know that one, so it's it's no, it's a bit no. similar. It's like Planet X, and oh, um, it's but they think it's really close to Earth. So like, it, say that at night time when the sky is kind of dusky and like kind of darky bluey mm-hmm. that to them is the surface of new brew that blue color oh that thing yeah it's oh. a weird one so it's nothing <laughs> like not... it's nothing like the ninth planet out in the edge of the solar system it's bang we've, we've, we've right discussed that we've figured that one out by now <laughs> yeah exactly yeah so it's like so massive and next to the earth that we just can't see it because it's on top of exactly. us exactly yeah yeah but we can see through it to the stars yep see through it and it never blocks the sun out either so Oh, all right. So well, I mean, chance, I guess there's it? a chance. Yeah. <laughs> there's, there's a non-zero chance that that's true. Yeah. Um, Bless them. It's like a, a dark matter planet, maybe. Yeah, something like that. Who knows? Who knows? But it's, it's I don't know. I think I did, I did a video on it ages ago now. It's about, about two years ago now, I think I did a video on that. Um, yeah. It's it's familiar once you explain it. I was like, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, it's crazy. Um, right. Let's, let's play Guess the Conspiracy. Oh, boy. <laughs> Okay, this I feel is... like you guys have had some time to uh, uh, to really hone in your technique on these. Oh, <laughs> so I'm nervous. Don't count your chickens yet. Uh, so this is the part okay. of the show where Katz and I come up with a fake conspiracy theory, uh, and we're going to try and trick the guest uh, to think that one of our fabricated ones is a real conspiracy theory, in that is that people do believe it. Um, our, the current score is 4-3 to me and Katz. So we were 3-1 down. And we've pegged it back. Uh, we've pegged it back, and we're now in the lead. So mm. the pressure is on. 
Daniel, to try and pull it back for the guests. So here we go. Conspiracy number one. The large fuel tank of the space shuttle was nothing more than a bouncy castle. That's the first conspiracy. Bouncy castle here in the UK. Is that is that called? Bouncy house. That's what you call it over there, is it? Bouncy mm-hmm. house? Yeah. yeah. Uh, conspiracy number two. Prince Harry is really Boris Johnson's son, the UK Prime Minister, uh, but they're letting him be Prime Minister so he doesn't say anything. That's conspiracy number two. And conspiracy number three is that the US election was only won by... Uh, was only lost by Trump because he thinks the earth is flat and he was going to tell everyone afterwards. That's conspiracy number three. Oh no. <laughs> you really uh really play into my to my heart there. Ah, yeah. So well the thing is though, we have been more general. Like in the past we've been really specific. Like Cats has come up before. It's like yeah. five lines long and it's like got all these different details. <laughs> and just they just knew straight away it's not that. So we had to try and be more general with it. Yeah, I appreciate that. Oh man. Uh, well, I don't see how, because they see the shuttle launch, so I don't see how they they think it was a bouncy house. Um, the Boris Johnson one, I have no idea. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna say Boris Johnson because the other one's flat Earth, and I'm gonna I'm gonna try to stick away from that. Okay, Are you, is that your final answer? That is my final yeah. answer. Okay, uh, I keep forgetting my buttons, cats. Here we go. Ah, we've done it again, cats. It's five three to us. So um, amazing! It's the it's the space shuttle one. That is David Vice. Uh, David Vice pedals that one. Yeah, D I T R H that YouTube channel. All right. Yeah. So I mean, I'm 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 gonna ask why. Yeah. Well, (laughs) uh, so it does the little um, the little wobble before it launches, uh, and then something about because they can never recover it or something like that. So basically the large fuel tank, the, the red colored one yeah. is filled with helium. Uh, and the space shuttle is like a, 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 a cheapy metal exterior that the astronauts don't really go into. Uh, there's a little wobble, which means obviously it's full of helium and, and not real. And uh, then it takes off and, and goes where no one can see it. So that's, that's the theory. Okay. So there you go. Sure. That's the one. That's the one they believe in. The other two are made up. You know, by and I. You know, I, yeah. I like the Boris Johnson one. Though. That's good. It's great, isn't it? Yeah. It's a really good one, that one. I, I can't take credit for that one, actually. I have to give credit to one of the subscribers of the of the uh, the podcast channel on YouTube who came up with that one. Is that cheating? Is that cheating? Oh, it's using your resources yes. well. Yeah, yeah, using resources. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, thank you, Daniel, so much for coming on. Uh, it's been a pleasure having a chat with you. Really interesting to find out about um, everything that went on with the with the documentary and stuff. Um, where can we find you on are you on Twitter? I'm on Twitter and Instagram at DJC Film. Perfect. And uh, our Behind the Curve Film, I think, is our website for the movie. And then. Uh, if you go to deltavproductions.com, that's got all of our stuff that we're working on. Brilliant. We'll put all links for that under the episode as well. Um, it's still out on Netflix, isn't it, Behind the Curve? Still out. And when's your new one out with the planet? Uh, you'll hear about it in the news before you see the movie. Okay, cool. Brilliant. <laughs> right, okay, that's it from us. Okay, uh, next week we have Wolf coming on her, from the fabulous Wolf Brothers Cinema, and we're going to chat psychic mediums. Uh, I think you'll be interested in that one, Cats, won't you? Definitely. You love all that stuff, don't you? Definitely. Yeah, cool. So tune in for that then. Otherwise, we will all see you later. Thanks very much for listening. Bye-bye.